Welcome to episode six of the OT Podcast. I am your guy, Ryan Smith, with my guy, Cameron Clark. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, we've been gone a little bit here and uh, not been uh, over a week or so since we've shot last, but since then, Cameron's been in like five million different cities. We got a newlywed right here. Congratulations. And, and thank you. Yes, I am now uh, off the market. Um, I am taken. I am married. So I apologize to all those who were, who were let down and disappointed. But we got a lot to talk about. And we're going to start off with your Cincinnati Reds, um, who going into last night had won 15 out of their last 20 games which was first in all Major League Baseball. Um, they fell last night, um, so they've won 15 out of their last 21 games. But this streak really started with a four-game sweep of the Chicago Cubs at home, which, you know, is very difficult to do. The Cubbies have some pitching issues right now. Um, and, and the Reds just continued to roll uh, from there, taking two out of three from the Atlanta Braves, splitting with the first-place Milwaukee Brewers. Um, and currently um, are split with the Chicago White Sox as well. So the Reds are playing good ball, and I, t- you know, and, and they're getting good starting pitching right now. And that's what's that's what has been the issue with the Reds. Uh, Suarez, Jeanette, and Vado in this time and streak have really hit the ball uh, uh, well. Um, Suarez and Jeanette. Um, just been fantastic this entire year both guys up over 300 Jeanette hitting 332 the last I checked uh, with 14 home runs and has driven in 56 runs Uh, Suarez at 306 uh, clubbed his 17th home run of the year last night Um, also um, he has driven in and tied for the major league lead in RBIs Um, Reds are getting offensive production from Jose Peraza um, who is uh, hitting right now, and Scott Shevler is hitting 280. And I can't complain. I mean, these guys are getting the job done at the plate. Um, but, you know, really it's been our starting pitching. Our starting pitching um, in this time has thrown very well. Um, a couple of weeks ago I ripped on Matt Harvey, and I, and I said, when is, this, when is the Matt Harvey freak show going to stop? But Matt Harvey over the past three or four starts has been absolutely fantastic. And um, – and has, has returned to form. His fastball was 92-93 when we first got him. He was hitting 95-96, Cam, um, the other night, uh, and he threw a gem against Milwaukee. Um, and he, he might have went the distance if the uh, game would not have been delayed by rain. Um, you know, getting really good starts from him. Tyler Maley is throwing the ball really well um, for the Reds. Uh, Romano a little up and down right now. Um, Disclafani's been okay. He got roughed up a little bit last night, but hey, I mean the Reds are Reds are playing right now, and um, playing good. I mean they're 11 games under 500. They're still 13, 12 games out of first place, but they are where I felt they would be. I my prediction at the beginning of the year for the Reds is that they would finish. They would be eight games under 500 at the All Star break. That's where I thought they would be. And I thought they would finish maybe about 15 games under by the end of the season. And I thought that was pretty respectable for where they were a year before, which was about 25 you know, plus. Um, so 
kudos to the Reds for playing good baseball right now. Let's hope they continue to move forward. Um, I think Danny Darwin's done an outstanding job with the pitching staff since he's uh, been the Reds' interim pitching coach. I'm not ready to say let's lift the interim tag off of Jim Riggleman. There are still some things that Riggleman does that I'm not a big fan of. We need to drop the four outfield, four-man outfield uh, regime. I do like the fact that he has been playing the starters during this hot start regularly, and he hasn't thrown in guys like Blandino and Irvin and Dixon randomly in the lineup to get people's days off. He is riding the hot hand. That is something that I uh, will say I um, have been a big fan of Riggleman about. Um, the Reds' bullpen has been uh, lights out, been really good. They sent Wandy Peralta down to try to fix some issues with the bullpen. Um, and hey, man, it's a good time. It's a it's a, it's a good time to be a Reds fan right now. They're playing good. Enjoy it, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, it, it, it will last. And uh, you know, we have a, a very important um, month ahead of us. And the Reds are receiving several um, inquiries about some of their players, and uh, we are getting ready to move uh, to that next um, segment. So I'm going to ask you for our Twitter question. Should the Reds hire Jim Riggleman if the Reds finish over 500 the remaining of the year? Yes or no? Please answer on the OT podcast on Twitter. Cameron, July 31st is like Christmas for, for major league teams. Why is that, Cam? Trade deadline. We have the major league baseball trade deadline approaching. It is like Christmas for all the buyers, and it is Christmas for all the sellers. The sellers get loaded with young talent that they hope will be the next big stars, and the buyers are buying potentially guys that are going to help them win the World Series. And your Cincinnati Reds have already made a trade, and they are actually moving towards possibly making multiple deals before the uh, non-waiver deadline. Uh, today, as a matter of fact, the Reds traded um, Dylan Floro, right-handed pitcher. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, this is a guy, Floro, who's got a 272 earn run average for the Reds. He's been a surprise for the Reds this year. Um, he's been a journeyman. He's traveled through the Reds organization for quite a while and uh, finally got a shot. Not a guy that misses a lot of bats, but anyway, the Reds have put him to use. He was traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers today for two minor league prospects. Um, one is James Moranin. Moranin, a six foot five, 230-pound right-handed pitcher, um, 19 years old, and was drafted in the fourth round in 2017 um, and was the 21st overall prospect in the Dodgers organization. So to me, that is a win for the Cincinnati Reds organization. Uh, kudos to Dick Williams and uh, – those involved that made the deal, um, you're basically getting rid of a journeyman um, for a guy that potentially um, Moranin is projected to be a low-end starting pitcher or a possibly very solid middle relief pitcher for the Reds. I will take that for Dylan Floro. But the Reds potentially, Cameron, could make five different moves this year. Five different moves. And uh, move number one is Adam Duvall. I see Adam Duvall getting a lot of trade interest right now. Um, from multiple teams. He's barely hitting over 205 on the season. 
despite the fact that his average has been down, his home runs are still on pace to hit 30 home runs on the year, and he's still on pace to possibly drive in in between 80 and 100 runs. Duvall does have tradeability here. Uh, do I think he will bring you a whole lot in return? Maybe not. But I'm sure there's an American League team out there that could use a designated hitter or, uh, you know, or somebody that just needs some power, a right-handed stick off the bench. I think Duvall does get moved. I think Adam Duvall does get traded. However, I am not sure and not certain if he gets if he gets traded at the non-waiver deadline because um, on August the 1st, everybody goes through a, a trade waivers. I think that Duvall will pass through waivers and he could go and get traded somewhere early in August um, to a, uh, a, a during a waiver deal. So yes, I do believe Adam Duvall will be traded um, and Jesse Winker will be the guy that mans left field every day for the Cincinnati Reds. Number two, Billy Hamilton. Now, a lot of people in the Reds organization and, and those that are, are, are around the Cincinnati Reds will tell you that Castellini has been the guy that has stopped, that has stopped them from making trades for Billy Hamilton. The Giants have had interest. Several teams have had interest in Billy Hamilton, not because of his ability to swing the baseball bat, but his ability to run and defend. And Castellini has stopped these trades because Hamilton is a fan favorite. Mr. Castellini, if you want to win and you want the fans to really be happy, then let, let the front office do what they need to do. Billy Hamilton has been drawing interest in center field from the San Francisco Giants, the Boston Red Sox, and there are several others. I think Billy, if, I, if I'm a contending team, I would, I would trade for Billy Hamilton. I, I'm not trading this guy to come in and be a starter. He's not going to come in and be a starter, but you, you, I mean, imagine this. Imagine a game in the playoffs, a 3-3 tie in the eighth inning. Your number eight hitter who plays the outfield gets on base and doesn't have good speed. And here comes Billy Hamilton off the bench. A ball hitting a gap is going to score him. And then, not to mention the fact, if you keep him in the game, he's one of the best center fielders, one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. This guy can create for a contender. So, yeah, I think there will be prospects. I, will, I do think there will be people that will be intrigued by Billy Hamilton at the trade deadline. It could be an, an Adam Duvall type of ordeal. I don't think you're going to get a lot for Hamilton. You might get something. But, you know, when you are a seller, the ball's in your court. You, they are giving you what you desire. The Reds have control of Hamilton for another year or so. So the Reds can hold on to him. Same with Adam Duvall. He's controllable. So the ball is in the Cincinnati Reds' court here. There's one player, however, though, that the Cincinnati Reds, the ball is not in their court, and that is Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey is drawing interest from those like the Washington Nationals. The Reds are getting exactly what they want. They traded Devin, Devin, Mazarosco, Devin Mazarocco, sorry, for Matt Harvey. And Matt Harvey is delivering. He's on fire. 
and he is drawing interest. He will be a free agent at the end of the year, so he will be a rental player. If you can get something for Matt Harvey, it is a win for the Cincinnati Reds. It is an absolute win. If they keep Harvey and they let him go at the end of the year, you didn't lose anything. But if you trade him and you get something, you have gained something fantastic. I am perfectly okay with the Reds moving Harvey. I do think they can get something for him. It may not be a big package, but I think they can get something for him. Scooter Jeanette. Scooter Jeanette, the the trade uh, deadline will be something interesting for him. The Reds have control of him for another year. The Reds also have Nick Senzel, despite the fact that he is injured. What will the Reds do with Scooter Jeanette? Will they sign him? Resign him long-term, or will they trade him? I'm interested in seeing what the Reds are going to do here. But the scooter Jeanette trade market right now has been very quiet. There hasn't been a lot of interest. There's been some talks, and there's been some scouts. But the scouts are coming to the games for one guy and one guy only, and that is Rysel Iglesias. I said in the podcast a couple weeks ago that Iglesias is going to bring you the most back. And since since then, the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, and the Washington Nationals have all reached out to the Cincinnati Reds about Rysel Iglesias. Now, the Houston Astros have the 10th-ranked farm system in baseball. And they have Kyle Tucker, their number one prospect. Give me that all day, all day long for Rysel Iglesias. Now, Iglesias is controlled for three more years. The Astros need a closer bat. The Reds, once again, have the ball in their court. The Astros need to sweeten the deal, and the deal is going to have to be consisted of Kyle Tucker and maybe a right-handed pitcher in return. Could be a a three-team deal. The problem with the Boston Red Sox is they have the 24th-ranked farm system, and they don't have much to offer for Iglesias, so I don't see a scenario here where Iglesias fits where there's going to be a dream match for the Reds and Red Sox there. The Washington Nationals have been interested in both Matt Harvey and Rice Iglesias. A few years back, the Reds made a five-player, I believe it was a, let's see, seven or eight-player trade with the Washington Nationals where three players went from Cincinnati to Washington and five went from Washington to Cincinnati. I can see something like this happening here for Iglesias and Matt Harvey. Their number one prospect, VN, being Victor Robles. Now, Robles, young guy, 20 years old, 21 years old, already does have some major league experience. Uh, He's been injured, um, and there has been lots of reports that the Washington Nationals are saying that Robles is untouchable, meaning he will not be traded, and that their trade bait is going to be Carter Kaboom, which is the shortstop, who I don't have a problem with. I think he's a really nice player, but the Reds are looking for starting pitching and outfielding help. If the if the Reds are going to trade Rysel Iglesias, which the uh, there has been a rumor that the Nationals think that he that they could try to turn Iglesias into a starter. If the Nationals are going to uh, acquire Rysel Iglesias, Victor Robles is going to have to be in the deal five players being talked about 
I'm not sure. I, I, I think three of them will go. Um, and maybe one or two, you know, one or so could go after the non-waiver uh, deadline, July 31st. So it is going to be interesting. Um, sit back, relax, and let everything unfold. It is Christmas time for Major League Baseball. Cameron, we haven't been here in the studio here for a while. It's been a while. You know, and, and it's been uh, – and it has been – one of the most crazy free agencies in the NBA that I have seen in quite some time, you know, and I, and I, I knew that, you know, the LeBron watch was going to be on. Um, and then the whole Kawhi Leonard thing started happening. Uh, we did say that we felt that LeBron James would end up in LA mm -hmm. and sure. As a matter of fact, the Lakers after five or six years of whining and crying and saying that they are going, they are going to be bringing in all these max guys. They finally got a guy. Yeah, a guy. But it's just a guy. Exactly. You know, uh, so the Lakers sign LeBron James. It instantly puts them in um, in line for to be a possible playoff contender. Yeah. Um, and I just say contender. I, yeah. I'm not saying uh, that puts them in line to be to be favored for the uh, to win the Western so Conference. Now it's playoff contention. So right now, I do think that the Lakers are a playoff contender. Um, I don't feel like they did enough during the trade or during the sorry the 2018 NBA draft uh, to improve their team. Uh, although I do like Mo Wagner, um, they also signed Lance Stevenson. How about the irony there? Lance <laughs> and LeBron on the same team. Uh, they signed Lance Stevenson, which I thought was a really good pickup for LA. And then uh, they were also they also brought in JaVale McGee as a free agent, and they also uh, just signed Rajon Rondo for a one-year deal. I don't know how that's going to fit. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how the Rondo uh, uh, a deal fits very well with L.A., uh, but unless they are setting up for a possible trade. That's what I see it as. I see that Rajon Rondo is such a – I mean, he's a veteran already, and he's already got – the tools to be the playmaker, the point guard for a starting team for the Lakers to work with LeBron. And Lonzo is just a young version of – and he's just showcasing the little uh, abilities that Rajon Rondo already has that has reached his full potential of. So, to me, bringing in, bringing in Rondo, to me, tells me that Lakers are putting Lonzo on the table somewhere. And, you know, and there has been reports of a, of a couple teams that do have interest – um, in Lonzo Ball, and one of those teams being your Chicago Bulls, Cam. My Chicago Bulls. And I was reading, I was looking through those reports earlier, and I don't know if this is true or not, but one report uh, said that Lonzo Ball, his camp, had released or leaked information about a possible knee injury that would uh, end any really real trade offers for Lonzo Ball. And if that's the case, uh, this could be a little bit of a war between Lonzo Ball's camp and the Lakers franchise, which is, I mean, I can't say that I didn't see it coming. You know, he's a ball. He's a ball. That's all I got to say. I mean, you have got to think that LeBron and Lonzo on the same team is just not going to work. It's not going to work. It's, it, it, it's not going to work. It's gonna, Exactly. It's going to be a distraction. Um, you know, and then there's been talks about the possible deal with San Antonio. And uh, San Antonio – um, which this is the which is this is just rumor, and I've been seen on Twitter. San Antonio has um, offered Kawhi Leonard for Kyle Kuzma, 
Brandon Ingram and three future first round picks, mm, which is, and that's a lot of picks to give up. However, I mean, I, I that's a lot of picks to give up. Yeah. But who's to say that you can't make some deals to get some trades back? Yeah. You know, let, you know, for if they were if they're if they are able to move Lonzo Ball and get a first round pick in return for that to get one of those picks back. Why would you not do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I mean, I I don't know. I I do think it's a lot, but but LeBron could possibly be getting one of the only guys that can really lock him down on defense on his own team. Yeah, the truth is, if you're the Lakers and you have LeBron right now, you can't waste any time. You don't have a season uh, to get this together. If you if you got LeBron right now, you got to try to make things happen right now in the off season. So if that does mean giving up a few picks. You know, I think it is probably in their best interest to get another superstar like Kawhi or possibly um, Damian Lillard that's also in the talks. Um, so, yeah, I think that you can't wait at all. There's no time to stall with this Lakers team. And the Lakers are uh, still trying to add pieces uh, uh, to get to where they are in consideration for, for the shooters. possibility. And they do. They need. They definitely need some shooters. Uh, they need some quality bigs. Uh, the Lakers got a lot of work to do, and um, you know, and I'm sure people are going to want to come play with LeBron, you know, and, and that's fine, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, the Paul George thing did not work out, by the way. Yeah, that was a um, shocker. Yeah, Paul George. Um, there, there's been rumors for multiple years that Paul George will end up in um, L.A. However, Paul George stays home, and he stays with. Mm-hmm the Oklahoma City Thunder, which, you know, I'm not really a Paul George guy. I'm not, I've never really been a Paul George fan. I've always felt that he was vastly overrated. But he's a good player. Yeah, he, He's a good player. I don't believe he's in the top ten anymore like he was a couple years ago before the injury uh, took down. Um, but I was surprised. I was really surprised that he went back to OKC. Um, that one really did throw me. Um, for a loop, and then of course Chris Paul stays with Houston, which we kind of thought that 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 option would get picked up, and he would he would stay, um, keeping Chris Paul and James Harden uh, together, which was huge. Um, the Phoenix Suns currently working on a long term deal max with Devin Booker, um, so congrats to Devin Booker uh, on that. Uh, the Ka- Kawhi Leonard um, is still up in the air. Um, not sure what's going to happen. There's been some odd, odds and ends, some other guys um, going into some different um, locations. But there was one thing that happened over the past couple of days that has raised a lot of concern and a lot of eyebrows. And I refuse to call the man Boogie, so I'm going to call him DeMarcus. <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins signs a one-year deal with the Golden State Warriors for, was it 5.3 or 5.6? million. It was like 5.6 million. $5.6 million. DeMarcus Cousins is one of the best big men in all of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. He is not healthy right now. And a lot of people know that. He's had, he has had some health issues. But when I saw that he was going to Golden State and that he signed with Golden State – I immediately was – my reaction was just like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, can we just go ahead and give yeah. the Warriors the title yeah, and let, let's let the 2019-20 free agency begin right now? It is over. Um, 
you know, and there was a lot of people saying that this was r- ridiculous and the NBA is not fun anymore and free agency is getting out of hand, this and that. You know, and people were hating on DeMarcus Cousins thing, and he's he pulled a Kevin Durant, and he he's taking <laughs> the easy way out, and if you can't beat him, join him type of thing. But you know what? I, I was sitting here thinking about this the other uh, yes last night actually. If I was if I hated my job, and I wasn't having much much success in my job, for example, like DeMarcus Cousins was. I mean, he was having personal success in Sacramento. And a little bit in New Orleans, but the organization struggling. You know, and the, you know, Demarcus is a little emotional and didn't feel like he was respected in Sacramento. And so the guy decides if, if, if I was working at a job like that and a company came to me and said, hey, listen, we're going to offer you less money for this job because this is what we have available. But we have a successful, a successful business and organization. Mm-hmm. I would be a fool not to entertain that. Yeah. And why would you not? So I can't really hate on, on Cousins for, for making the decision that he made to go play ball. I mean, he's probably not going to be there until Christmas anyway. No, yeah. You know. for a few months. So, and, and even till then, it's going to take him some time to get his legs in conditioning. <laughs> Back up. Sorry you know, his legs and conditioning back where it needs to be yeah. for him to get in basketball game shape. Mm-hmm. But I really can't blame the guy. Everybody wants him to go to somewhere else, somewhere. Hey, DeMarcus, go somewhere terrible, go to New York and, 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 and bring the Knicks up. Why, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to go to a worse situation? The whole point of basketball is to win a championship and to be on a team. So, Go join the best. I can't blame Cousins for wanting yeah. to do what he's done. Yeah, obviously. I think that when I read something on this on Twitter the other day, and I thought, wow, this is so true, is that the players of the early 2000s, LeBron James, Chris Paul, those, those players right there, they're out here seeking a max contract and nothing less. And then now you got these players from 2008, uh, beyond that, and they're not looking for max contracts. They're looking out here to play basketball, to have fun, and win championships. And I believe that it's the culture that LeBron James and Chris Paul have created that it's all about me. I got to get mine. I got to get mine. And they're great players individually, but if you can't surround yourself with a winning, uh, a winning squad and a winning franchise – then you won't go down in the history books. That's all there is to it. And I, you know, like, to all the all the fans out there complaining about um, DeMarcus going to the Golden State Warriors, get better. That's all there is to it. Like, your franchise is not the Golden State Warriors. And it just your advice is to get better. You got to create a winning – you got to create a winning atmosphere. And if you can't do that, then no one's going to want to join your team. Can you imagine being Chris Stops Porzingis? I don't know. I'm going to use Porzingis just for, just for a moment. He's made the money that he's going to make in New York. He's made his money. He becomes a free agent. And the Golden State Warriors come to him after winning three or four championships. And they say, Chris Stapps, you know, listen, we got a lot of guys on max salaries right now. We don't have a lot to, get to, you, a lot to give you. New York comes back to him and says, we're going to give you, we're, we're going to give you a max contract. 
Well, here's the Golden State Warriors, and they're going to dangle. They're going to dangle eight to ten million dollars for a one-year deal in front of him. Mm-hmm. You don't think Kristaps Porzingis isn't going to at least entertain yeah. the, the 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 possibility of playing in Golden State and playing for a championship? It's a one-way ticket to the chip. I mean, he's already made the money he's going to make. Yeah. Go. I mean, <laughs> listen, for Cousins, it's as simple. Go win a championship. Go have success. Go make your money the next year. Yeah. Go make more money the next year. Yeah. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to go play for Golden State and he, he uh, for one year. They're going to go win a championship, and you know, and then he might be he might then he maybe he will end up in New York. <laughs> maybe he'll end up somewhere uh, making a max contract. Yeah. But until then, Demarcus Boogie Cousins wants to win a championship, and I can't blame a guy that wants to win a championship. Which leads me to our second. Twitter poll question. Is DeMarcus Cousins taking the easy road? Is he taking the easy way out? Yes or no? I know I will vote no. 100% no. Can't blame the guy. The NFL season is vastly approaching. And, of course, we wanted to spend a lot of time talking about football today, but there's so much going on with the NBA and the Reds right now that we couldn't get there. So that being said, a couple weeks ago, we talked a little bit about the AFC East, and uh, Cameron had some questions for me. And uh, tonight we're going to shift our uh, attention on the hot take here uh, for some questions about the AFC South. Cameron, I am ready for you. Houston Texans, right off the bat. Deshaun Watson had an amazing season last year until it ended with a leg injury. Was season one, rookie year for Deshaun Watson, was it a fluke? Deshaun Watson can throw the football. That's the difference. What separates him from a lot of uh, uh, quarterbacks that have the gift and the ability to use their feet or not is that Deshaun Watson can stand in a pocket and throw the ball. And that's what makes him so good. And he can throw with accuracy. And, you know, I, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson will be perfectly fine. Um, as a matter of fact, he's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is my fantasy number one wide receiver this year on my big board draft. And we will talk about that in a couple weeks. You take Watson and you and you and he's as long as Watson is throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins I think the Texans if they stay healthy JJ Watts able to stay on the field Texans could win that division they really could so yes Deshaun Watson it's not a fluke Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback Tennessee Titans do you think that Derrick Henry will become the number one running option or the viable offensive option for the team this season? There's no doubt about it. He should have been last year. He should have been last year. I mean, Derrick Henry is the kind of guy that he needs the football in his hands 20 to 25 times to get him going. He's probably the kind of guy that after carry 12, he really starts getting it going. But the days of finding running backs that carry the ball 25 and 30 times a game is very few and far between because coaches are trying to keep their players healthy. Derrick Henry is a really, really underrated running back. And I think since DeMarco Murray is now gone, Derrick Henry is 
the steal in this draft this year. And, I, man, I think Henry is poised for a big-time year for the Titans. The Titans are always very underlooked. Um, and I think the Titans can make some noise there in the AFC South. They got to they gotta, they gotta get more consistent on defense. Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck will be back this season. They got T.Y. Hilton, uh, top 10 receiver in my opinion. Do you see the Indianapolis Colts making any noise, uh, potentially being in the playoffs this year? Well, the Colts did one thing really well in the offseason, and that is that they made some moves on their offensive line to improve their offensive line. They took the best guard in the NFL draft. And so, yeah, they, they got some guys in there to help keep Andrew Luck up. Um, I, you know, he, the guy missed a year of football, Cameron. He missed a year of football. I think it's going to be it's going to take some time for Luck to uh, get back to form. Um, they signed Eric Ebron in the offseason uh, to, to help um, in the short tight end game with Ebron. Um, you know, and T.Y. Hilton is one of the most exciting wide receivers in football. Uh, where they are really lacking is, uh, is, is in the running game. In order for the Colts to be successful, they're going to have to run the football. They don't really, what I call, have a, a, a very solid running back. Um, a lot of question marks there for Indianapolis. Um, yeah, their defense uh, is, is shaky. I mean, they didn't even get the head coach that they wanted. I mean, Josh McDaniels bailed on them after committing to them. So I, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about the Colts. Uh, the Colts need some more weapons on offense and defense. I can see the Colts probably you know possibly finishing six and ten all right next we have the jacksonville jacks coming off i would say a successful season blake bortles really turned up the heat at towards the end of the season into the playoffs uh leonard fournette having a great season too the young running back do you think they make it back to the playoffs this year yeah i do i think jacksonville is going to win that division uh jacksonville did a really good thing they let Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson walk, and that might sound crazy, but Blake Bortles can't throw the deep ball anymore. That's just that's just he you know the guy's too he makes too many mistakes. So what what they do instead instead of going and getting uh, outside guys, they get a bunch of guys that sit up underneath. And uh, <clears throat> kudos to them, man. I think and they they got Austin Seffron Jenkins for him at the tight end position. Uh, Jenkins, Seffron Jenkins will be in my top five of fantasy tight ends this year and definitely a guy that you're going to want to use. He's Blake Bortles. Bortles loves to check down to the tight ends. Um, and as long as you got Leonard Fournette back there, uh, you know, you're in good shape. Um, I don't think the, the, the Jaguars are going to blow anybody out um, on the scoreboard, but their defense is solid. They're going to have a good defense. They play in a conference where the offenses are, are questionable. Jaguars will be back. The Jaguars will make the playoffs. I was a really big fan of the Jags last year in the playoffs. Big Leonard Fournette guy. Uh, my last question for you is this new Jurassic World movie. It's, it's getting real mixed reviews by the critics. Do you think that it lived up to the hype? You know, I love Jurassic World. I love Jurassic Park. This is what I wasn't a fan about, about this movie. And if you're if you're if you have not seen the movie, turn the podcast off now because you're going to get a spoiler. I don't like that. I felt the whole purpose of the entire movie was to bring the dinosaurs out of the wild and into the states, because that's exactly what happened. Now you got dinosaurs roaming all through California, you know. So it wasn't my favorite. 
I thought the scenes were intense. <clears throat> it made me jump out of my seat a few times. They had the they had a really cool new raptor dinosaur that was pretty cool. It to me the first Jurassic World was better, but still none of them have compared to the first movie. And um, but I am looking forward to you know what to see what they're going to be doing with this franchise and where they're going with it. Um, I don't I'm actually looking more forward to the Ant Man and the Wasp, which is coming out I believe Thursday. Is it tomorrow? It is tomorrow. It's tomorrow Thursday. No, today's fourth. So Friday. Right. So we Thursday night, Thursday night. night opening night. So yeah, I I want to be. That's where I want to go. I want to see that movie, uh, the Ant Man vs the Wasp. But uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. Um, this is Ryan Smith and my guy Cam Clark. We are out. Please enjoy episode number six and share.